Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul, Angeline, and today what are we talking about? The funniest RPG played. Ever? Well, yes for you or us or for the listener. Okay. So when uh, I was thinking about this, I was thinking about almost any RPG, you could have like funny moments, like things that make the whole group bust out laughing. Most of them do, unless it's a death RPG, like <laughs> you're going to all die. Well, and that could be funny too. And then sometimes people can have fun with that one. Uh, but I think if you play long enough, that will happen, right? If you play long enough in an RPG, you're going to come up with a, a moment or a series of moments where things just get funny for whatever reason. A lot of times people are trying to do something and they all roll once and it doesn't happen. Yeah, the big failure roll and stuff like that. That could get everybody started laughing and stuff. But uh, But then I started thinking, is there any RPG that that tries to be funny on purpose, like it's a comedic RPG. And what did you come up with? Well, the first one right off the bat to me was Paranoia. And I remember it came out in 1984, so I bought it right around that time, so I was around 16 or 17. And I remember looking at the box, and I was really like, this is pretty cool. I agree with that one. Not only is it pretty cool, but the the box itself, it just was funny. The the idea was funny, and you you got that when you first saw the the cover of the box. And you know certain things, right? You're a, you have a clone. You're a clone of one of six, I think. Yes, you play you play one of six clones. If you realize this, which you should, yeah, then, you know that right. Then um, you know that it's possible to die quickly. And you'll get replaced by your clone. Yeah, I think uh, the idea that that you have six versions of that character. So it's it's like a cat with nine lives, right? Yes, yes. But th- these characters do die, and like cats' lives, they don't usually die. But uh, yeah, so the the art is really funny, uh, it, and then the back of it, the premise of this thing is really funny. Uh, for those of you who have never heard of Paranoia, it came out in 1984. Uh, it's been published by different publishers since then. West End Games went out of business, and then uh, the the original writers wanted the rights back. And finally, I think they went to court, they got the rights back, and then and then I believe they gave their rights, or they allowed uh, Mongoose Publishing to take over public, publishing it. And then later on, now there's uh, different sets of... Uh, paranoia games. I think we did a whole episode on paranoia. And we might have, and I think it was it was uh, it was a couple of years ago it was for a sure. While ago, but what I uh, what I wanted to say about it is that it is from the get go. It's supposed to be funny, right? Right, and and the whole and I, and I think like I said, it, the the computer who controls the Alpha Complex where you live is gone a little bit deranged. It's lost it, right? It's, it's an AI. On a crazy mission. <laughs> well, back then, AI wasn't a big deal, but it was just called the computer. Trust me, this computer thinks, and it thinks wrongly. <laughs> so it, the idea is that there was some natural disaster. Alpha Complex is underground, and it's like a city underground. And and then it, 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 its records are damaged, so it goes back in time to find out records and re- looking for records. And the only intact records are from the 1950s and the, and the, what's it, the Red Scare. 
So it thing it thinks that commies are after it. So there's commies and traitors everywhere, and it has to protect itself. And it's and, true because it's crazy, and people have figured it out. No, well, no, the, the people just follow along because the computer is your friend. That's the whole idea. Trust your friend, the computer. The computer is your friend. <laughs> it's a hilarious game. Saul told me about a one guy at a convention that brought a pizza box that was ticking. Yes. And I remember I, that story's in that other episode. Yes, it is. It's classic. And it wasn't even a game that I played. And remember, I signed up Kathy, our friend, very early in the conventions. I mean, this was like probably probably in the early 2000s. And the guy had brought a pizza box, and an old greasy pizza box. And there was something inside of it that it was uh, tied, you know, like a, like a with a cord or, or string. And there was a big bulge in the middle that didn't seem like a pizza, and it was ticking like an alarm clock. And then, and then people are like, "Does it really look like this?" He goes, "Yeah, that's 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 the pizza." And they go, "Why is it thinking? And why is it ticking?" And then, of course, in paranoia, people are paranoid, and they're going, "Why are you questioning the computer?" And immediately there was this, like a standoff, whether they were going to shoot each other, which in most games they probably would. Whoever said to ask that question. How dare you question the computer? And uh, But they did it, and they were like a little apprehensive about what was going on. They were all new players. But I've been in situations when I ran the game. I mean, I mean, I'll go back to when I ran the game, it was a little different for me because I was coming off playing D&D, and I had been playing space opera. So those were like serious games in a sense. Serious in the sense that you're trying to protect your character, you're trying to live, you're trying to get experience and level up and in paranoia they have that right you can gain levels and and go up in rank and stuff but really that's not what the game is about the game is about the zany doing things that are crazy and trying to eliminate people who might be treasonous do you think that when they wrote paranoia they knew it they wrote it as a comedy or as a a funny RPG, maybe like a black comedy, right? Like a like a a dark comedy, dark comedy. Yeah, because it is kind of dark, right? Because you are killing each other because you are paranoid, paranoid. And when you're paranoid, anything can set people off, right? Yes, this is absolutely true. And it happens in the game, right? It, it happens in the game, like so. The reason I was saying my background before I started playing Paranoia or running Paranoia was D&D and Space Opera, Dark Conspiracy, games like that. So when I ran it, I I ran it like a serious game where I was thought they were going to advance levels because cause you start off, uh, Roy G. Biv is the, is the, is the acronym or I don't know, I think what you call it. But Roy G. Biv stands for red, blue, green and those are the colors of the spectrum and you start off your red level which is the very lowest level other than the proletariat so you start off as red and then you go on and advance and become a, a higher level and you're allowed more access to more information and blah 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 but that's not the point of the game and i didn't really get that so when when the characters when the players characters start shooting each other like in the first scene i was like whoa whoa what are you guys doing and i was like stunned but they got it i didn't get it so it took me like like a couple quite a bit of time before i realized oh yeah that thinking that they're gonna advance levels that they're not gonna die and stuff like that is out the window 
Yes, and it, it was, is. And it was like a... And it is a funny game because... It is a funny game. Because when somebody says something, you're like, are you saying that for real? Or are you trying to get me in trouble, right? Are you going to turn me into the computer as a commie? Right. What's the deal? What's What's going on? Are we really trying to figure out what this thing is? or What information are we trying to get? And why are we sneaking in somewhere? Because you know what's going to happen if we get caught. And then you just start killing people because you are paranoid that they're going to turn you in. It is a funny game. Well, the, the thing that prevents people from just shooting each other like indiscriminately is that the computer values its assets. And you are an asset of that computer. So you have to have a reason for killing each other the reason doesn't have to be sane by the way well it has to there has to be some reason right you have to present some evidence yes right whatever you want Uh, yeah and so i think i think there's many times when that situation happens but there's a lot of times when you're actually role-playing with each other trying to solve the situation or trying to get to the next part of the adventure without killing each other but sometimes people say weird things when they're in role playing and people are like well look at you stranger like what did you say and then it'll it'll go it'll then the, that the, go down that slippery slope of you're a commie you should be that you should and not. knowing that uh another clone will show up or there is another clone it's a little bit easier to that's the only game that i have been in where where players kill other players or like, you, you know you There's kill the player even, characters either, right yeah. yeah and that was very Again, and that was very shocking to me because even though I had read the rules and understood them and it talks about players killing each other, I thought... Why would you do that? Yeah, that wasn't... I wasn't wired. You're part of my party. Yes. We're trying to advance the party, right? And that doesn't happen. And again, I think we described everything in that previous episode when we talked about paranoid, paranoia, but... And every character is uh, part of a secret secret society, which is illegal. And every every character has a mutant power, which is also illegal. So as so, as soon as other players find out about that stuff, they're supposed to turn you in. They're supposed to turn you in. So it makes you paranoid, right? <laughs> it makes you paranoid that people. And at the same time, you're supposed to be like having me secret meetings with people and usually none of you are in the same secret society oh no no that wouldn't work they have to be different <laughs> secret societies and the secret societies are crazy like the there's the machine mashers right they want to destroy the machine then there's the machine people who love the machine they want to become part machine themselves so this really is this crazy mix of of all of opposing views that people are trying to get to and because of that hilarity ensues yes because of all this conflict that's yes. built into the system and i think it's just a funny game there's tons of stories the pizza box one was funny and that was a, at a game that that my friend was in at a con the premise was just from the very beginning was funny and then uh, multiple times people talked about elevators elevators are very strange things to people because a group of, of uh, they call them troubleshooters, the, the char- player characters who are in the game. The troubleshooters go in. All you have to do is turn off the lights of the elevator and like zip, zang, bang. People get shot and then people leave the elevator and like they don't say nothing. They just leave the elevator. And there's like two or three people out of the party that are dead or missing. But there's no, no you don't know what happened. So it's kind of funny that that happens all the time. So do with elevators causes people to get a little bit paranoid. 
not trusting other fellow persons. <laughs> but uh, and adventures that are published. I remember uh, when Mongoose took over. I bought I bought uh, Paranoia. They call it Paranoia XL or something. Oh, yeah. Making fun of Windows, I believe. Uh, <laughs> and they published quite a few adventures with it. One of them I I was I've been meaning to run for the last twenty years, and it seems hilarious. And it has has all these handouts you hand out to characters and stuff. You should run that for the boys. I think they would really enjoy Paranoia. I think now that they're older, yeah, yeah. I, think, I think I will. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. Me and Kathy and Steve would love to play Paranoia. Yeah, it, it is. It is a crazy game. It's fun, and I think. For a uh, a role playing game, it really is a comedic type of game where you 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 are going to come into situations that are just going to make you laugh. Cause did you f- come up with any other games that are funny? Oh yeah 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 of course. So uh, another game that's obviously funny is Tune, T O O N, as in cartoon. And as supposedly it- this came about when the author was talking to this. Uh, artist and also a game creator called jeff d and they were talking oh somebody should make a cartoon and they're like and they're, they're trying to discuss how they would it would work what the rules would be and then they kind of you know this was they were i don't know talking together at some point and then they, when they left they go they finally they both decided well it can't be you know you can't make a game possible this, how are you gonna make a rules for this the same creator that made paranoia also made Platoon, which I didn't know. Was West End Games? No, he was. Uh, he was like a like a contractor, I oh. guess. So he didn't. Uh, you know, so he did, did that job, and then he did another did another job. And this one was published by uh, Steve Jackson Games, and it was also published in 1984, which is I guess the guy's really creative. And uh, and he went home and he thought about it for a few weeks, and then he goes, oh, so he started working on it and presented it to. Uh, to Steve Jackson Games, who published it, and it became Tune. And Tune is this—you play a cartoon, yes—and uh, and it's kind of like the Hanna Barbera uh, cartoons. If some of you are old enough to remember those, or Warner Brothers, like Bugs Bunny. Uh, Bugs Bunny always is gets, the Flintstones. Yeah, but I think you know more like a, I know, I'm like a, the, yeah, any kind of cartoon, right? Because you know, you're right, because they get beat up all the time, or at least it's a Hanna Barbera, yeah, Hanna Barbera, and then the Warner Bros. and then like uh, uh, the Roadrunner, Wiley Coyote, Tom and Jerry, Tom and Jerry, anything, anything kind of like those, those kind of any kind of cartoon where zany things happen, right? So, and this game mimics that kind of gameplay. The rules are really light, there's only four attributes and 23 skills, right? And you, you can't die. What happens is if you get because you're a cartoon, because you get smashed or blown up or whatever, you have to sit there for like three minutes without talking. So the coyote can draw that that tunnel on the rock, and you can run into it. The roadrunner runner draws the tunnel. Oh, the run- yes, and the coyote runs into it. Coyote goes straight into it. So there's a, there is a companion to it, and there's some adventures in it, and I think it's you know one of those things. Is it still can- published? No, it is out of print. Uh, Steve Jackson stopped printing it a while, uh, quite a while ago. Oh, I'm sure you can find oh, you it, can find it on, on eBay, eBay or different so. places. I don't know if they. Uh, I don't know if Steve Jackson is into PDFs. I know a lot of other companies do. Just presents like D and D's. Everything's on their PDFs. You know, all their old games, all their old adventures and stuff. But you, know, you can watch a cartoon, any cartoon, and come up with a. I suggest adventure. Bugs Bunny. <laughs> I suggest Wiley e. Coyote and the Roadrunner. 
And and of course, you know, there's all kinds of different things. You can be rabbits, all these different kind of characters. And like I said, you have four stats, you have 23 skills, and it's a really light rules game, unlike like other Steve Jackson games like GURPS. This is just really a roll under your, roll your skill number and boom. You know, you, uh, so I think if, if you're a cartoon, then it's going to be a interesting adventure, right? It's not going to be anything too serious. Right, yeah. And I think the, the idea is it should be funny. Well, right? yeah. And I think in the rules it says if, if there is a rule against it, but what the person is trying to do is funny, ignore the rules. <laughs> So we have a, we have a friend that that goes to DungeonCon and runs it every year. Every year, yeah. He's been running Tune for I don't, he said I forget the number, but it's well over thirty years. Uh, I think uh, DungeonCon's been around since the late seventies, I believe, and uh, so it's been around a long time. It's been over forty. Since it was in a DungeonCon 45 or 46 the last time we went to. Anyway, and uh, there's all kinds of weird numbering problems with that one because there was, there was a year they skipped, there was a year they did two, and all this other stuff. And uh, anyway, so so he's run it every Friday night uh, at DungeonCon for a bazillion a number of times. And he always has a full table, sometimes he even accepts people who couldn't get into the game. And I've, I walked in games and he has like 12 players or, or more. And but that's just, the kind of game where you could have 12 players. Yeah. And he's a very experienced yeah, GM. And yeah, and everything goes, right? Yeah. You know, you're trying to hit somebody over the head with a big old hammer that you pulled out of your pocket. You know, Because that, that's what happens in cartoons. That's exactly what happens. And I guess there's some sort of mission they're trying to accomplish, of course. Yes. Uh, these cartoons. So I They're think, probably trying to save the world. Always. Yeah. Or, or find a box. Find a box. With, <laughs> with gold in it or something. <laughs> with 1,000 boxes. <laughs> So that was obviously very geared to be funny. I mean, cartoons just usually try to make you laugh, and I think this this game tries to uh, mimic that kind of gameplay, M- mimic what you would see on a cartoon. So in the, in the rules, it literally says that if it's funny, to let the people do it. Yes, if it, and even even if it goes against the rules, he goes if there's a rule. Well, that's the the that's rules zero, right? <laughs> They take it more than literally yes. They actually put it in the rules, yeah, yeah. But they say even if there's a rule and it's a, and there's a rule against it, if it's funny, you should let the let the action happen. Yeah, that's a, that's pretty strong words because like sometimes people say, well, it's your game, you can do what you want with the rules, you can change the rules, right? But one where the rules are explicit and it says you should do this, most game makers they'll say, well, you can do anything you want, but there's rules there for a reason. This one says, eh, you know. There's a rule there, but go with the. If it flow. goes with the story, and the makes, rule doesn't need to be there. And it's funny. That's supposed to be funny. Uh, so I thought it was interesting that the same guy, I, I cannot pronounce his last name, uh, the, the person who made. You can uh, write it in the notes. Paranoia is the same guy who made Tune. Of course, he had you know, some other writers helping him. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. So the next game I thought was kind of funny, even though it's not necessarily a comedic game, is Feng Shui. And the only reason I include it is because it seems like every time I run that game, even though I don't run like comedic games, something funny happens and, and people start laughing. Like just strange things happen. And, and when that happens, when, when the unexpected happens, I think people find it funny. And in that game, unexpected things happen all the time. Well, also in, in Feng Shui, you have a lot more leeway with what you 
can do, right? Because it has to do with, you want it to be dramatic and over the top. You want to be able to run and walk up that building, right? To, right. You want to be able to fly like on a rope across something that normally you wouldn't be able to. But because you're a thief and you give an explanation of what you're doing, it <laughs> happens. And it usually makes people laugh at the table because they're like, that's so over the top. That would never happen, right? Right. Or like if let's say you attempt to do something and like you, that. And you fail. And you fail. And like the results. And then a lot of times when I run that game, I say I always try to let the players just say, okay, what happens? And because I'll come up with something. And it's usually true. When GMs have to come up with something like a, a complication, a failure, a critical failure, they're going to come up with something. Most of the time it's bad when, when the GM puts something out. But when they allow the players to come up with something, usually it's a little worse than the GM had envisioned. Or it's something totally different than the GM had thought about. And that could be good for the game. And because of that, people are going to be shocked. People are going to be surprised about bad things that happen when players are describing their own critical failure or even their critical success. Usually in, in that sense is when people, the unexpected happen and it just cracks people up. In Feng Shui, the unexpected is going to happen because players have a lot more agency in the game than most other traditional role-playing games. So I think when uh, things like that happen, it's going to be funny. P people are going to be shocked. That is why I included Feng Shui into this game. But there's other ones you talked about. Uh, we actually played in the Kobolds Ate My Baby, which is, at first I was like, what the heck is this game? And you play Kobolds, right? Yes. You play the Kobolds actually you know, attack somebody. And they are like really weak characters. Very. And they have, I don't remember how many stats they have. But it wasn't very many. There was like maybe two or three stats. And they're super easy to make, the characters. Luckily, because you're going to be making a few characters. And they're easy to kill. Yeah. Or easy to die. Easy yeah. to die. And I think when we when we were uh, playing that game, we were just trying to... I don't even remember what we were trying to do, but we were trying to go somewhere and get something and bring it back. Yes. And it was very difficult. And people don't like kobolds. Yeah, you're, you're kobolds. And, you, and we were sent to uh, a human settlement... Uh, I think it was like a, a, a walled city, and we were trying to get in, and we decided that we would sneak in. And uh, I, I think we were trying to be children or pretend to be children, but kobolds don't act like children. So we immediately got found out, and then we were being chased around this whole yard. And indeed, we uh, are very weak characters. So that one is supposed to be funny i'm pretty sure and it is funny and it is funny just because of the situation just because uh you're supposed to act all crazy as a kobold you're supposed to act kobold like and a lot of times they get in, they get into fights with each other over appeared grievances and that was another thing that that the, one of the tips they said is that kobolds usually are very uh what is it arrogant yeah and, and there's a pecking order right and they'll yeah pick on the person who's lower than them and so the the lowest pecking order kobolds have to like get devious and when you know when people get devious things can get kind of crazy and uh and that was a funny game and and i think i went through like two or three characters and all i think all i did was just change the first letter of, his, of their names i think that's what you were supposed to do oh that was you're supposed to do yeah i just, just kept because because like, i forget what his name or her name was but i just kept 
crossing off the letter, and oh, here comes uh, cousin you know, Chiget or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and it was good. It was it was it was funny. I thought it was. Uh, it's usually not my kind of game. I like playing games with a little bit more substance, like longer play. But the, but uh, it was quite. It was fun. I mean, it was a lot of. It was fun, and it was funny. Yes, and and but once once you let go of the idea that you you want to run a long serious campaign like game, this is a, this is a game that can only be. Maybe a one shot, maybe maybe two, but you're gonna go through a lot of characters because kobolds are very chaotic and they have very few hit points. <laughs> I think most of the, I think, but no, we, I was gonna say most of the deaths were between ourselves, but I think we were pretty well behaved between each other. No, we did get keep getting into fights because people kept wanting to go one way and other other way, and then the only rational way to decide thing is to see who beats the other one to the pulp more. I don't know how rational it is, but <laughs> for a kobold, it's rational. But playing a kobold too, you know, you're looking at the world from a different perspective. You're a lot shorter, and these those people are big, right? And so I think that's where we got the idea that we could we could play children if we like wore children's clothes. So we had to steal the clothes, and then like we had to decide who was. I don't recall it. that at all. You don't remember, remember that? No. That I, I remember trying to do that. Trying. I don't think I don't think we succeeded because we don't look like children. Because <laughs> they were like you know kobolds, they look like little dragon guys. So that's a, a game to to relieve tension, right? To make it make everybody just laugh and have fun because they're you know you're gonna die, right? And you have a, and it tells you how what to do when you die, how to change the name of the character because you can keep the same character sheet. Right, I think that's what it was. You didn't have to roll up another character because you would just keep the same character sheet and just change the name. That's a good mechanic, especially for that game. Much like the the clones, right? In, yes. In Paranoia. Because in, in Paranoia, when you well, they changed the rules a little bit. But in the old game, the original game, you would have a number. Your last no, name, part of your name, would be a number. And that was a, the number of the clone you were. So the higher the number, the closer you were to like that clone family being eliminated so as soon as you got to like five and six you didn't want to die anymore you didn't want to die anymore you were very careful and those clones would definitely be very careful later on uh because of advanced technological advances in real life uh they say well the idea of housing clones and keeping them alive it's it was too wasteful so they wouldn't they wouldn't do that they would instantly grow a clone and then torpedo them to where they needed to be like in a big missile <laughs> which which is funny in itself it was funny in itself because like usually sometimes it lands on a clone right that's, that's part of the party so that the, the, all you do you would do you would change the number the last number of the name like you would be like big bob one big bob two whatever and i forget do your clones remember what shirt yes, the last clone Last clone died. I don't think there, that you did. No, no. So that that was another thing about role playing is that they would uh, that you would have to like forget the last whatever the last scene the last whatever. scene that or, or as long as that guy has been alive. Yeah, it was. Uh, I guess it was problematic. But in the new one, uh, at least in in uh, the mongoose version, they would download the latest uh, memories of, uh-huh. of the clone right before he died. Not his actual death because that'd be too traumatic. <laughs> So, <laughs> or how he died, he just knows that he died. Right? He, One of these people killed me. <laughs> well, and, or, or they could come up with anything, really. Right. 
So they would tell him how he died, if they if he cared, or if they cared. But as the clone, you would know that one of them killed you, because that's where you are. <laughs> no, it could have been like a monster that killed you, or or uh-huh. a bad robot. Because sometimes in the in the Alpha Complex, there was a lot of bad things that could happen. I mean, yeah. other than other troubleshooters shooting you, <laughs> killing you, uh, you know, there's a uh, bad robots, there's bad ma- ma- machines, abandoned areas, monsters, and stuff like that. So I think uh, it took a. It, that's an interesting mechanic where you don't have to roll up a new character, especially when games or the adventure or the the game itself is one where the characters die very quickly and very easily. Yes. Uh, and there's a if you go if you just like Google uh, comedic RPGs, tabletop RPGs, you're gonna get a whole bunch. Some of them I had heard of, and some of them have not. But uh, these are the ones that I remember playing, and these are the ones I remember actually having a good time and laughing and. And enjoying. And enjoying. As funny. As funny, right. When I Googled it, oh, yeah. I got Cobalt State, my baby, Fiasco, I'm not sure why, and Inspectress. Inspectors. Uh, Inspectress. It says. Inspectress. Inspect- I don't think I've heard of that one. Yeah, I don't know what it is. So uh, Fiasco is a GMless game where you're on a heist that goes wrong. Yeah, I, I know. So it could be funny, but... Uh, like what was that one movie? Not Pulp Fiction, but the other one, Reservoir Dogs. That is not a funny movie. Heist going wrong don't don't seem funny to me, but but it could be funny. It could be funny. Yeah, you presented with absurd uh, situations. So they're out there. Some of them are more uh, have more rules than others, uh, and uh, and some of them are h- harder to get. Like Tune is like I said is is uh, out of print. Out of print, but. Feng Shui is still around. Paranoia. Paranoia is still around. Cobalt in My Baby is, is obviously still around. And some of them you can just get on PDF and need the book because the PDF is just fine. And you don't have to have a, a, a strictly funny RPG. I mean, you could do that with D&D and make it a ridiculous adventure, right? Yes. If you wanted everybody to laugh. Yeah, I remember we played in a game where we were trying to find ingredients for a cake or something mm-hmm. for a feast. Mm-hmm. And the GM was having this go to like the top of this eagle's nest and all these ridiculous places and, and that was kind of funny so i think if you if you could make any game a comedic game if you want to yeah there you go there you go so those are all of them those are the ones that i had so there you go so go out there find a funny game and run one for your peoples i think they would like it yeah they're a little bit different game this is gaming perspectives with Saul and jolene and you have a good day <laughs>